Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going through uh, the Supercoach team picker for 2022. We're going position by position. Uh, we did hooker and front row forward yesterday. Then a separate podcast, we did the two RFs today. We're going to go through the halfback and the 5'8s. We'll be talking Supercoach Classic and Supercoach Draft Prospects. Obviously focus more on draft, but I think there are a couple of classic relevant guys in and around here as well. Now obviously halfback 5'8", there's a lot of guys that are dual position and these guys can be absolute gold. So I'm going to go through them first of all, and then we'll go through the individuals that fit only in the halfback category and the 5'8 category. For me, you want to have at least one guy who is halfback slash 5'8. It just makes your life a million times easier. For me, there's not many of both positions. So if you can find a good halfback slash 5'8, honestly, I think you add 5 to 10 points to their average because it'll just ease so many headaches as the season moves forward. So let's go from the very top. The first dual position halfback uh, slash 5'8 is Luke Keary. Uh, he comes in at 528,000. I love Keary this year, returning to this Roosters side. Uh, he's got just an absolute star-studded squad around him. He is a top three halfback slash 5'8 in our game. For me, I think he's going to do really well this season as a guy that I'm not sure where he's going to go, whether he's a round two pick. He might slide to round three in some leagues. I'm really not sure where he goes coming off the injury. People will be high on him, obviously, because of the team he's in and whatnot. Uh, you have a look at his scores from 2021 before he got injured, of course. Uh, in the early rounds, he was doing pretty damn well for himself. Round one, came up with 70 points. Round two, 123. Round three, a little bit quieter. Only came up with 33 points there against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but... Manly and the West Tigers in the first two weeks, he was averaging, you know, 90-odd. Even with that poor score of 33 in round three, still an incredible average there of probably... Oh, you're probably looking at about 65, 70 there. So dual position, huge for Luke Keary. 
Having a look at his scores over the last few years, 59 in 2020, uh, what have we got there? 61 in 2019, and I think there's going to be more points scored than ever for Luke Keary next year. I'm expecting his average to shoot up around the 75-80 mark, around that mark. That's what it was last year from the three games, 75, but I think he can maintain that over a long period of time, realistically. It's never been easier to score points. He's got a star-studded squad. Everything is pointing to a big season from Luke Keary, so a big fan of him. Our next one is Albert Kelly. Now, Albert Kelly and Tyson Gamble, well, they're both for halfback slash 5'8". If you get an idea in the trials which one of these guys is going to win the sixth jersey, I think these two uh, both will be sensational. Albert Kelly averaged 60 last year. Uh, Tyson Gamble averaged 47.9. So two really solid options. Albert Kelly with the higher average there. Had a very good season when he came last year. Uh, sort of burst onto the scene and, and, and really blew it away. But with a proper halfback next to him, I think it could be anything. Still K capable of having low games. Albert Kelly had a 33, had two 33s throughout the season. Actually, one of them he only played 20 minutes in. So in games that he played 80 minutes, he's gone 71, 33, 93, 65, 48, 83, 56. That is unreal. The only worry is that they might not stay as the 5'8 for the entire season. There might be changes throughout the year. Uh, so that's the gamble you take. But two really worthwhile options. If you can work out which one's going to play six, I think it's a get-on. Next guy's Anthony Milford. Don't know what's happening with him, so no point talking there. I think it's overvalued for Classic. I think for draft, you're taking a huge punt on a guy that I don't think will start the season in the halves realistically. It's going to take injuries for him to get in. And then he's going to have to find form, which he hasn't for the last two or three years. So it's a miss for me. Sean Johnson, halfback slash 5'8", coming in at 462K. Uh, SJ in 2020 was unbelievable. Had that injury. I think it has slowed him down a touch. But playing on that right edge, I think he'll be really dangerous for the New Zealand Warriors. I'm very excited for him to return there. I think it'll be the main kicking game. I think that he'll be able to set up a lot of plays with his fullback, Reese Walsh. I assume that he'll be playing on that right edge. And if Josh Curran is his second row there, I really like that for SJ as well. Look, he averaged 52 last year. I think that'll go to like 60-65 when he joins the New Zealand Warriors. They tend to play a bit more free-flowing football. So I'm excited for him on that front. Uh, he's a guy that I think you can get value out of. I think he will slide a little further than what he probably should on draft day. Uh, and I, I think there is value to be had there with Sean Johnson. If you're going to get him, I would pair him up with either Reese Walsh, Josh Curran, or or a Dallin Matenis Lesniak, one of these guys you want to be cashing in on all the Sean Johnson points you can if he's going to be your half. Uh, Drew Hutchinson, I don't think he'll be relevant. Jake Avarillo is halfback slash 5'8". I don't know where he's going to play. If he's at 7 for Canterbury, uh, it could be decent. I would assume that would mean he's the goal kicker. Just thinking about who they've signed, if they've signed any goal kickers. I assume he will be the goal kicker if Flano is not in the team, which will be huge. I'm assuming they'll score more points. Look, Avarillo was playing out of position last year in a dog shit team, and he averaged 46. I had him. It wasn't terrible. Uh, if you can have him at halfback 5'8", and he's sort of your your wild card guy, I don't mind it, to be honest with you. Jake Clifford, halfback slash 5'8". He will be the main guy in Newcastle next year, you would have to assume. Average 46 for the season. Just getting his stats up now. I would imagine from when he arrived at Newcastle, though, uh, it would have changed a lot. And we have a look at his five-round average to finish the season. Uh, it's 62 now, in the first few weeks of him rhyming at Newcastle, he went 62-49-65. Uh, he had a 32 against Melbourne and 19 against the Sydney Roosters. 
Outside of that, he's only gone below 40 once or twice. So Jake Clifford, definitely a guy to consider there. Uh, obviously, I, I, it sort of looks like to me like this is going to be his team essentially. So with Joey working with him, upside looks like it can be there. He had attacking stats all last season. I am just worried about Newcastle. So this one could be a good little pick, but I would be going elsewhere first. Brandon Wakeham, halfback 5'8". Don't think he's going to get a gig there as much as I love him. Sam Williams, similar situation, halfback 5'8". Interesting one here. Ash Taylor, halfback 5'8". I'm really excited to see Ash Taylor playing in a team where he is second fiddle. He's always sort of been the guy on the Gold Coast until last year, essentially, when he started playing good footy. So I think if he is, if he does end up being partnered with Sean Johnson, it could be anything. Whether he is or not remains to be seen, though. But Ash Taylor, one to keep an eye on. Thomas Dearden, Tommy Dearden, halfback slash 5'8 for the Cowboys. If he gets a starting gig up there, you could do worse. He's a guy that you can get really, really late. Average 41 last year. I had him in my team, and look... He's not a great halfback, don't get me wrong, uh, but you could do so much worse than Dearden. What I did last year is I didn't pick a halfback, picked up Dearden during the season, and he didn't brain it, but, I mean, very rarely does he go under 30 points. So for a guy that I am not even using a wave, a, a draft pick on, I can sort of cop it. Uh, has scored a couple of tries in the back end of last year, scored four tries in his last six games, so had a decent little strike rate there. Uh, scored scored a try in one game against the Titans and only scored 36, so don't get me wrong, not a superstar by any means, but if you get him really late, I mean, you could do so much worse. So just keep an eye on Tom Dearden if he gets super desperate. Um, he'll probably end up on your waiver wire. You can grab him then anyway, but a heap of guys before him. Jackson Hastings comes in at a really good price here, 350k. He's going to play the first few weeks of the season at 5'8", I believe, with Adam Dewey out. So I'm sure classic players will be all over Jackson Hastings. I would assume he will goal kick in this team as well. I think they played the Melbourne Storm week one, which is a bit of a nightmare, but they are going to be without out. I think Harry Grant, Brandon Smith and Cam Munster. So no doubt the Melbourne Storm they will still put out a solid side but that helps the cause. I think Jacko's going to do really well this year. I'm worried when Dewey returns that he might not have a position uh, but that's where he might slide into hooker he might slide into third lane. I'm not sure so if you're going to draft Hastings you need to be aware that um, it's going to be a bit of an innings. It's not going to be easy. It's going to have its down weeks, and down weeks are going to be he's not playing at all, or he comes off the bench and gets you 12 or 13 points, you know. But if something happens that he does end up in a starting role, Jackson Hastings will do really well. He is a goal kicker there, and he has been successful in the past in Supercoach. He's been like a 50-point halfback uh, back in the day, so that could improve greatly here. Phoenix Crossland, I'm not sure if he's going to be in this side. If he is... I mean, I I don't know. I, I'd want to look elsewhere personally. Kyle Flanagan, if he gets a starting spot for the Canterbury Bulldogs, similar to Jake Avrilo, you'd have to assume he will goal kick. You'd have to assume they will score more points this year. Uh, the other thing about Flano is that he's got a great support game. So if they are creating things, he can pick up a couple of tries here and there. We saw him do it at the Roosters. So not your ideal option. Don't get me wrong, but once again, could do worse. Chanel harris the same as Ash Taylor. If he lands that 5-8 spot, definitely one have a look at whether he gets that spot or not I'm not completely sure to be honest with you but Chanel Harris-Tavita he definitely can play and he's a guy that the Warriors were obviously looking at playing at 5-8 this year as they went through last year uh, does have some low games in him but can also have some really big games as well so a gamble but that tends to be the way in the halves I like him more if he's got a guy like Ash like uh, uh, Jesus Sean Johnson next to him I do like him more with him 
Who else have we got? Halfback 5'8", Blake Taff. I don't know where he plays. Bit of a punt. Lachlan Ilias, halfback slash 5'8". I'm not sure how Ilias is going to go. Just looking at his average from last year, is 39. He only played one game. He scored a try in it as well. So not great reading into that, but uh, really hard to get a read on Ilias, to be honest with you. Other guys, who have we got? That's about it as far as our dual position guys. So they're the sort of guys that you want to be targeting first. Now, let's dive into just the people that are available at halfback. So these are guys we haven't spoken about yet. Nathan Cleary, he's your obvious top gong. 940K, really big price. I would say that you can't start with Cleary and you can't start with Turbo. In fact, sorry, Cleary's going to be out for the first few weeks, so you probably don't start with him in Classic. Some people might. I'm not sure what the thinking is. You'll have to wait for the proper uh, Classic experts to come out and talk about that. But draft-wise, I think he's the second overall pick. I think at worst, he drops to third. If you can, by some form of miracle, get him at fourth, you've got probably the, the value pick of the competition there. DCE at halfback comes in at 695K. I wouldn't be going near him in classic. Draft, he probably is a second or third best option as far as halfbacks go. I'm always hesitant to spend uh, an early draft pick on DCE. A halfback role... Uh, for, for me, if you're not getting Nathan Cleary, you're not getting great value. So I would wait until the back end and i pick up one of these other guys a little bit later. Jerome Hughes, he is one that comes to mind for me. You'll get good value for him. He will probably slip below. DCE, he'll probably slip below. Nathan Cleary might even slip below like a Sam Walker. I'm not sure. But Jerome Hughes with a 73 average from last year playing in a great side. Uh, he has just proven how, how great he is over the last few years. So Jerome Hughes, definitely one to be targeting as far as draft competitions go. I think he'd be a great halfback for you to get. Benny Hunt, he loses hooker slash halfback. He's just halfback this year. Hurts his cause a little bit, but halfback still a very shallow position. Ben Hunt, he will be sensational for the Dragons. Again, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. He is so important to this side, and I imagine he will do the vast majority of the kicking too. So, big responsibility on Ben Hunt. I like it when Ben Hunt's got responsibility. A couple of young guys around him as well. Hopefully they can uh, rejuvenate his career a little bit. I like Ben Hunt. Sam Walker comes in at 545k. Now, Sammy Walker, if he is the halfback for the Roosters, I'm not, sorry, the 5'8", I'm not convinced he stays there the entire year, to be honest with you. I think this is Kiri's team. Sam Walker is young. We've seen how Trent Robinson has dealt with young guys before. He does give them little stints back in reserve grade. He benched Sam Walker a little bit last year. I think that he didn't have the option of sending him back to reserve grade, obviously, because it didn't exist. So, Sam Walker, second year, I I think Robbo will take care of him, which might mean that he's missing here and there or he goes to play in reserve grade occasionally. And that's not a negative, but for your Supercoach team, it really could kick you in the dick. He's got huge upside, no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, and I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you drafting him, but I'm not overly confident doing it. Uh, next one is Jamal Fogarty from the Canberra Raiders. Finished last year with a 58-point average, uh, which is pretty impressive considering it sort of felt like uh, Toby Sexton came in and almost did a better job than him, to be honest with you. But it finished with a 58 average. Pretty impressive. They had a couple of big games there. Scored 150, 104. His run home, he went 54, 58, 99. So definitely does have a high upside. There is no doubt about that, Jamal Fogarty. Just comes down to how this Raiders team is going to click. Um, I like Fogarty. I'm not sure if I'll be going too heavily on him. Probably where you have to draft a guy like him going to a new team. I won't be overly interested in it, to be honest with you. But once again, another guy, I wouldn't hold it against you for, for going after Jamal Fogarty. 
Mitch Moses, this is one that I'm probably a little bit more interested in. Halfback, 511K, so not classic relevant for me. Finished with a 58 average last year, a goal kicker in a decent team. Parramatta, they don't tend to go overly well the back end of the season. Uh, but I think Mitch Moses, he's he sort of started to unlock a little bit more of his game. Uh, how old is he going to be next year? 28, so he should be coming into the real peak of his footy. Uh, back end of the season, he was really good. Scores of 112, 108, 99. Uh, he had one, one, one game of 12 against the Manly Seagulls, but outside of that, I mean, the lowest in the last six weeks was was 49. So pretty impressive uh, from Mitch Moses. Played Origin this year. I thought he played his best game in finals that he has for quite some time. He played well in Origin 3, so taking a lot of confidence out of it. It's also the last year with Reed Marnie and these sort of guys, so I like the upside of Mitch Moses. Uh, last year, he went over 60 in 35% of his games. It's not quite the 2019 year. I obviously had him that season, and he just absolutely brained it, but he's become more of a controlling half as time goes on. I like Mitch Moses. I think he will average about 60 points. You might get 65 out of him, uh, but I think he'll sit at about the 60-point mark. I think he would have taken a lot of confidence out of the finals last year and his running game in there as well. Adam Reynolds moving to the South Sydney Rabbitoh, uh, moving to the Brisbane Broncos, sorry. Really interesting one here with Reynolds. Obviously, he's going to keep the goal-kicking up there, but he comes out of a really top-shelf team in saying that he didn't collect a heap of points off Triasis and everything uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs because he sort of played his role and gave it out to Walker, who always collected the points for the good work that Adam Reynolds was doing. I sort of see in Brisbane that he has to take a bit more responsibility for that team. I think he has to be more hands-on. I, I wouldn't be surprised if his points actually go up, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a 60-65 point halfback. Uh, but at the same time, the other side of the coin is that Brisbane will score less points than what South Sydney did last year, so you could see his goal-kicking drop as well. He's going to kick nearly every goal he gets, but the reality is if you're having three shots of goal a game instead of five like he was at South Sydney, your points are going to start to suffer there. So I think ball-playing-wise, he could improve, but I think goal-kicking-wise, he will probably go down. So it probably evens itself out at about a 60 average for me, Adam Reynolds. Next guy is Luke Brooks over at the West Tigers. few mouths to feed there. Dewey Jackson's Hastings is there. We know that Brooksy tends to be blamed for a lot of things. He just got their player of the year, though, but he was meant to be leaving the club, so... God knows what's going on with Brooksy with a 54 average. He's always a solid option. Never a great option, though. Uh, probably, uh, yeah, I don't know. Back, back your gut in with Brooksy. I'm, he's another one that I probably won't be going after. There's a lot of guys that I'll be leaving here because there's just a bit of mystery around them. Don't overly trust all them. We know what it's like when you're halfback. You get all the spores when you win, but it's on your head when you lose. So it's a really weird position to draft for. Toby Sexton, 62 average. I think he played four games last year. He was very impressive in those. We warned you about this kid coming coming out of Australian schoolboys. He's got all the ability in the world, but he is very young. He is taking over this team. Uh, last year, he played four games. He went 83, 67, 66, 32. Should be noted, the 83 was against the Dragons. The 67 was against the Bulldogs. The 66 was against the North Queensland Cowboys. The 32 against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the only team that he played that wasn't a bottom four side, essentially. So, something to think about there with Toby Sexton. Uh, he's a kid that I probably won't be going too heavy on. I'm not sure if he stays in first grade the entire season. Wouldn't be uh, shocked if there's a couple of changes throughout the year. Our next one is Braden Trindle from the Cronulla Sharks. Now, I'm assuming Trindle will be the starting halfback uh, for the Sharkies, which is great to see. Um, uh, yeah, another one that I won't be investing in too heavily. His back end of the season was sensational, to be honest with you. He played 5-8 and halfback for the last eight weeks or so as the starter. Scores went 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 53, 84, 47, 75, 112, 23, 50, 130, 80, then 53. So in the last, what, round 14 to 25, in the last 11 weeks, he went under 53 times. So that's impressive reading for a guy that we don't really associate as a champion player. His five-round average to finish the season was 67. Uh, over those five rounds, he played New Zealand, who he only scored 23 against. That wasn't a great day out. Then he went 50 against Newcastle, 130 against Balmain, uh, 80 against Brisbane, and then finished off with a 53 against the Melbourne Storm. So pretty impressive reading from Braden Trindle. I'm just not confident he holds on to that spot all year. Uh, um, I would love to see him, though. I think he has got a lot to offer. But the Sharkies, as far as their halves go, just not sure. Chad Townsend, I was a big fan of him last year. I wouldn't be going near this guy in Supercoach. I wouldn't even be looking at him, to be honest with you. Anyone else that is just halfback? you got Jacob Arthur, Adam Clune. Neither's really overly relevant. Luke Metcalf won't be relevant. Dean Hawkins, I don't think he'll be relevant. If he gets that starting gig at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you could potentially look at him. An interesting one here is Lachlan Miller. Now, he is the... Uh, I, I thought he was a center or a winger. I'm pretty confident he's a center or a winger. Who's come from Rugby Union 7s. He was playing for Randwick Rugby. He's now landed at the Cronulla Sharks. Interesting that he's been given halfback. I don't really know where that's come from. I think at best he'll be center. Might even find his way onto the wing. But interesting, he's halfback. Worth to know that you've got those sort of guys there. Outside of that, you've also got Ezra Mam. I didn't mention him before. He is 5'8 slash halfback, so he's got the dual position. One to keep an eye on, potentially. Two young guys that might not get a game this year. I reckon the first one might, but definitely in the future, you need to keep an eye on these two. First one is from the Sydney Roosters. He is just halfback. That is Ronald Volkman. I'm tipping this kid to have a really solid career. Spoke to him the other day. I think he's on a development squad, so he has got the potential to come in and play first grade this year. Whether he does or not remains to be seen. The other one from the Gold Coast Times, and I'm not exactly sure where he's up to, is Thomas Weaver. I think he'll be really talented when he comes in as well. But Volkman, he's probably my pick of those two coming out of the Rooster system. Let's dive into the 5'8". So we'll go through guys that I haven't mentioned yet. First one, Cody Walker. Um, I think he goes down a little bit. There's two thoughts of two lines of thought here. Cody Walker loses Adam Reynolds. South Sydney regress a little bit without Wayne Bennett. Um, he could lose points. Or Cody Walker takes it upon himself to own this footy team. Personally, I'm not confident enough that he owns this footy team and brains it without a proper halfback next to him. So Cody Walker, he's a leave for me in all formats. I'll let someone else roll the dice on him. Adam Dewey, he's 5'8 slash centre, which is huge. If you can manage to get two 5'8s in your competition and one of them's Adam Dewey and he can slide in at centre, absolutely massive. That is monumental for your team. Will make everything so much easier. Cameron Munster at 5'8", he's looking skinnier. He is looking leaner. 649 K. He's going to miss the first two weeks, I think, for the uh, Omo incident. So classic, you're not looking at Cam Munster. But draft, once again, I'm probably going to fall into this trap, but he does look pretty good in this preseason. So back your gut on it. I know we keep saying every year Munster's going to brain it. I think I saw the Whisperer the other day talking about how this is just always going to be him. I still think he's going to have a season at some point where he explodes in regular football. And 
after getting his pants pulled down in the off-season and whatnot, this could be the year, but probably a punt that I won't be taking. To get him in a draft league, you're going to have to take him at 6th or 7th pick. Uh, it's a bit early for me. That's where you're going to have to take him. That's the reality of it, but you're putting a lot of eggs into that basket. In saying that, he was quiet last year. He averaged 74, but we say that every fucking year, realistically. Matt Burns, the next man at 5'8". He comes in at 576,000 with a 65-point average. Avoid, avoid, avoid in every competition for me. Playing a new position uh, in a new team that's not the Penrith Panthers. He's not playing centre for the Penrith Panthers. When he doesn't score tries, he does tend to battle a little bit. So I'll be leaving Matty Burton. I'll let someone else enjoy those spoils. AJ Brimson at 5'8 slash fullback. A big in to have there with your dual position. Not sure how he's going to go at 5'8. Haven't seen him play enough rugby league there for myself. Also thought AJ was going to brain it last year. It was incredibly disappointing in saying that. Finished with a 60-point average. So when he's very disappointing, he's averaging 60. Pretty handy. But in the new position, I would prefer him at fullback than 5'8". So I'll be leaving AJ this year. Josh Schuster available at 5'8", second row. Absolute gold. We spoke about him uh, when we spoke about second row forwards the other day. To have this guy and be able to play him at 5'8", or second row. Once again, if you can find another 5'8", and play Schuster in the second row and just be able to shift him around, just makes life a billion times easier there. Jerome Luai at 5'8", finished with a 58-point average. Once again, a quiet season by Luai's standards, especially at the back end. I know a lot of people had him during the season. I think he brained it really early, just getting his numbers up now, and he's sort of... Sort of turfed it off a little bit during the mid-season. Then the back end of the season found some form. Finished with an 81 and a 96. But in the middle of the year, he went 23, 41, 21, 40, 31, 33, 44, and 30. So he didn't get over 45 for like eight weeks in a row there, which is very disappointing. But you look at the start of his season. 79, 94, 46, 128, 79, 81, 65, 57, 81. So for the first nine weeks, he didn't go under 45. Then for the next eight weeks over that, he didn't go over 45. Just a crazy turnaround of form there. He had the injury after Origin. He's going to be hyper-confident next season. I don't know. Jerome Loy, he's a roll of the dice. He's a real back-your-gut in on this guy. Another guy, I've had him in the past. Uh, he served me really well, but I probably won't go him again. Scotty Drinkwater, available at fullback 5'8". Avoid for me. I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like what's going on up there. I don't like how Scott Drinkwater's being utilized. Uh, Nick Arima, we've already spoken about him. Hooker slash 5'8". I just don't know where he's going to land. If you if you think he's going to get a starting spot, have a look at him. But I'm not confident on him next year. Could quite possibly end up in 14 and you've wasted a waiver pick and it's just going to be a nightmare all season. Even if there is an injury to the first choice 5-8, if it's not him, it could see Ash Taylor or Chanel Harris-Tavita go in before him anyway. So avoid for me. Our next one is Dylan Brown. Now, I had a really quiet season last year. I only had one or two attacking stats. Finished with an average of 53. I think there's a little bit of upside there. I still believe in Dylan Brown. I know a lot of people have written him off. I'm still a fan of him. So he's a guy I will consider next year. Connor Tracy, center wing slash 5-8. 48.5 average from last year. You would have to assume he plays out in the centers again. If he manages to shift in and play halfback, I become extremely interested, but I think that position is owned by Trindle realistically. So Tracy, probably not a guy I'm overly keen on, but center wing in 5'8", he does just tend to find ways to score points, Connor Tracy. You have to give him that. He has got a high upside. He has got a lot of tackle breaks in him. He's got decent base, 25 base. He averages 10 scoring points a game. When he's playing in the centers for the back end of the season, he went 57, 57, 34. Jumped into the halves and played 40, got 45 points, 52 points. Also had a 16 in there. So he is a guy that's more than capable of going under 20, but he's also a guy that's more than capable 
capable of going over 50 as well. So back your gut in. Just because I'm not too sure about how the Cronulla halves are going to look, I probably leave him this year. But if he is there late and you can get a CCW that can jump in at 5'8", who's got attacking upside, worth considering. Our next one is Jackie Whiten from the Canberra Raiders coming in at 412k. Even when Jack Whiten absolutely kills it, his super coach scores tend to be a little bit disappointing. So as good as that price looks, I won't be considering him for classic and draft. I just don't think I can do it. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think I, I, I could do it with Jack Whiten. I think it was against Melbourne at the back end of last year. He had an absolute blinder. They won that game down at Amy Park, I think it was. They killed it, or they got close to winning it, whatever it was. Jack Whiten set up three tries. So from creative stats, he got 47 points. He finished on 61 which was incredibly disappointing. Uh, really struggles to get above that 50-odd mark. Has to do a lot of special things to score 100. Has to score a few tries, essentially. Uh, his highest score this year was 95. Got an 83 another time when he scored a try. Uh, yeah, against against the Dragons in round 21, he scored a try and got 46. So just an avoid for me. I know everyone thinks that Jamal Fogarty is going to bring the very best out of him, but even the very best out of him tends not to be braining it in Supercoach. So it's a leave for me there. Jaden Sullivan, another interesting one. I think he'll play 14 for the Dragons, but he's one injury away from being their starting 5'8 or their starting hooker. So something you need to consider there. I think he'll play 30 minutes a game when everyone is fit. But if you do have a Jaden Sullivan, you can wait around for him to come on. It could be anything there because he's got so much attacking upside. It's not even funny. But you're going to have to be patient with him and you have to understand that when you come into that game. So, I mean, he, he played 27 minutes uh, against the Sydney Roosters. He scored 42 points. He started at nine in the last two weeks and played 50-odd minutes. He scored 92 and 53. He scored a try in one of them. But I think you can guarantee that Bud Sullivan's going to score a try every three or four weeks realistically. So a bit of a gamble there. If he's the one gamble you take, I don't mind it. Uh, Kieran Foran, he is just 5'8". He's lost hooker. I'm not overly interested. It's it's a bit of a bit of a shit fight every year with Foz. I'll be leaving it. Matty Moylan, he's fullback slash 5'8". As much as I love Moyser, I don't know where he starts in this team. I don't know if he'll be in the starting team. So I have to leave Moyser this year, unfortunately. Who else have we got? Beyond Iodo, an interesting one, 5'8 slash hooker. If he manages to get this 9 jersey, if he manages to get, you know, the 7 jersey, people tell me he could be a halfback as well. So, I mean, if injuries come and he ends up playing 9, it could be anything. If he's stuck in the 14, though, I think it's going to be a pain in the ass for you. So, Beyond Iodo, I don't think I can invest too much in him as much as I like the look of him. Who else have we got that's 5'8"? Billy Walters. We're hearing his name is in the mix for that Bronco 6 jersey, but I can't see him getting it myself. Uh, Amone from the Dragons. He is 5'8", slash center wing. This is the kid that I believe will be the 5'8 for the Dragons come round one. Just having a look at some of his scores from last season. I I know this kid just has so much attacking upside. You are going to have to rely on him scoring points and whatnot. Uh, but in the games where he played... Pretty decent minutes in the back end of the season. I mean, he played center for 80 minutes. He only scored 12 points. Uh, he played He played 5-8 for the last three games of the season. He went 42-41-76 against the Roosters, Cowboys, and the Bunnies. So, I mean, against some pretty half-decent half teams outside of uh, the Cowboys, he scored pretty well, 42-76. and 76. Could be good value there. I think if the Dragons are going to be successful, this kid could be anything. But whether the Dragons are or not, that's probably up to you to decide. 
Who else have we got on this list at 5'8"? Anyone else standing out? Will Smith, don't think he'll be overly relevant. Ezra Mann, we're soaking about him. Yeah, I think that's just about all of our guys on the 5'8 list, guys. So that sums up our halfbacks and our 5'8 from the team picker for 2022. Uh, a lot of options there. Not a position that you want to shit the bed and go really early just because everyone else is getting halfbacks or 5'8s. Just chill out. Wait to the end. If you're going to go early, get yourself a dual position guy. Go and get a halfback slash 5'8 who can cover both, who can help you out in these situations because it's going to be a nightmare. You want to be looking at guys like Luke Keary, like an Albert Kelly or a Tyson Gamble. One of these fellas, Sean Johnson, who can play both, they will make your life a heap easier.